Don't be ashamed to learn things that you need to know. Here's Sexplanations with Dr. Doe. Sexplanations podcast, episode 59. We're going to talk about anal sex. And so I have invited my friend Sam to do so with me. Hi, Sam. Hi, Lindsay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know all the ways we know each other, but recently I've been seeing you around town. We saw each other at a concert. Yep. And... The Good Food Store. And the Good Food Store, which is our health food store. You were my student at one point. I was your student. I served you Philly cheesesteaks for quite a few years. This is why in my (laughs) phone you are Sam Philly. Yeah. I was like, what? And I'm from California, so yeah, it's the Philly cheesesteak. Because I, I would bring, I brought you a cheesecake steak to class. Most teachers get an apple. You got a cheesecake. You brought me a cheesesteak to class. Yeah, for sure I did. I think I did one time. That's amazing. I know. Well, so for all of you who listen regularly and see a theme of me hanging out with my students on the podcast, it's because I was teaching when I was younger and like I, that was my cohort. Like those were the people that I saw. Those were the people around my age or younger and a lot of, you're younger than me by maybe five years. 26. 10 years? Damn. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. Sam is much younger. And, um, yeah, so students have been really cool, and they will come up and say hi, and they will have great interactions and tell me what they learned, which is so wonderful. And apparently, you brought me cheesesteaks. <laughs> One cheesesteak, yes. That is so wonderful. But served you many, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, because I would teach at the business school. The, our class was at the business school. Right. And it, at the at least at the time that Philly West was open, mm-hmm. it would go from like 1.30 to 3.30. And mm-hmm. that was like the time where the snacking needed to happen, yeah. right? The low blood sugar crash right. around 3. And so my go-to was Philly West right downtown. <laughs> and I would immediately drive there and then... Put the cheesesteak in my face. Yeah. I was always very surprised because you're you're so small and you could really take down one of those sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. I love them so much because my dad's family is from Philadelphia. Okay. And so cheesesteaks are comfort food. And right. I love them with black olives and onions and peppers, uh, right? Yeah. Green yeah. peppers. I still remember your order. Oh, so good. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. And I'm so sad that Philly West is gone. I know. Because now to get a good cheesesteak in town, it's not really... I know. I heard that there's a decent food truck, but just rumors of it. Okay, good. Maybe we'll have to go try it later. You're 26. This is excellent. So you're going to be totally in the know about anal. (laughs) (laughs) I am so hip to anal, yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I I did this episode on Sexplanation's YouTube channel four years ago about anal sex. I think it was a time when... We're still, you know, churning out videos pretty frequently, and I was probably teaching at the same time and trying to manage that schedule. And so I was like, okay, what do I know about anal? Let's go. (laughs) And then I taught it in a way that I had never heard anyone teach before. They would always say, load up on lube. Like, that is the primary thing for anal play. And I experienced something different, um, which was if lube came in contact with my anus, then my anus would think it was leaking and it would shut down. Oh. Yeah. So I actually encourage in the beginning of the video and then when I'm coaching people on mm-hmm. their sex lives to do play with a finger or a toy or whatever. Okay. Dry first to okay. make contact to be like, hey, I'm here. I'm this thing. I know that you are typically an exit, but I would like to come in. Right. I, you are not leaking. All is well. Right. Hi, hi. You want you want to feel this? And then when you are approaching penetration, 
okay. to lube up. That makes sense. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, I, w- <laughs> I want to hear all your <laughs> tips and tricks if you have any. Um, but before doing that, I have a question for you, multiple choice. Um, in honor of some of our patrons on patreon.com slash explanations podcast, Paul, the Millers, Donna, and Ben, this question for Sam is in your honor. Testies, testies, explanations, testies. You ready? Ready. Super simple. Well, maybe not. Who knows? I'm writing it on the spot. Um, I looked up the etymology of anal. Okay. So the, we're talking about the origin of the word anal, which comes from anus. And I'm going to give you four options for what it means. Okay. Okay. One, star. I should letter these. Brown star or just star? Just star. Okay. So A, star, B, ring, C, hole, D, black. (laughs) (laughs) Can you tell that I'm making this up on the spot? All of the above. Um, I would say hole. Nope. Darn. Is it the but, star? Nope. Darn. It's the ring. It's the ring. Okay. At least what I saw on, let's see, where, what is my source here? It just pulls up at the top of the screen when I say etymology of anal, anus, plural noun, anuses, the opening at the end of the alimentary canal through which solid waste matter leaves the body. Late Middle English from the Latin originally a ring. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. This also reminds me, I don't know if you follow YouTubers, but there is a YouTuber named Tyler Oakley, and he talks about us being donuts. Okay. The like human donuts because uh-huh. the mouth is a hole that goes all the way through to the anus. <laughs> I love it. That's good. Yeah. Okay. So okay. You're, you want to teach me? About anal? <laughs> wow. I talk don't. talk to me about it? I'll talk to you about it. I don't know what I could teach you about it. Okay. Okay. What comes to mind when I bring it up as a topic? Hmm. What comes to mind? Um, I'd say like alluring for sure and then actually like very scary. Or not like scary but like owie. <laughs> <laughs> so like sexy but ow. Yeah. Because you, this is from personal experience. We talked a little bit before the podcast right. started recording. Right. Yeah. Do you I think it's say, like that for everyone? No. I mean, at first I would say like probably four years ago, never interested in an anal and was like, no, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, I had a, quite a, I had a boyfriend who was like, we should just try, blah, blah, blah. I, was like, I want to okay. know what these blah, blah, blahs are. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Let me just stick a finger in. And I'm like, okay, I like that. Like, okay. I like the finger and, you know, porn-wise, it's, like, it's sexy. Like, I like watching anal porn, but okay. then whenever it comes to, like, the actual dick in my ass, I'm always like, ow, get that the fuck out of me. Like, that's way too tight. But I don't know if I've, like, necessarily, like, played up to it enough. Like, I feel like you need, like, toys and, like, There's built a video up to it. for you, Sam. <laughs> you need to send that to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And then, let's see. I don't. I think I'm tail. I think I'm trailing off. Redirect me. Uh, so you tried a finger. Tried a finger, and it wasn't just on the outside. It was penetration of a finger. Penetration of and a finger. You're like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I liked that. And then, so then I started dating another boyfriend who was like really into the whole anal thing, and was like, I remember he was like eating me out, and then went to lick my ass, and I was like, whoa. 
oh my God. I was like, kind of turned on by it. But then I was like, we need to like take a shower first, you know, like that would just like horrify me. Mm -hmm. And so he was really good though. He like opened up my world to sexuality because he was like so interested in exploring and things like that. And so then, yeah, we started exploring more and then he got me like a butt plug and then I liked that like while we were actually just having sex I was like okay this is hot like really like that but then when it always came to like him you know penetrating my ass it just always hurt Mm. yeah so I never like I've definitely never come from any sort of anal penetration and it's more of like the taboo art of the anal play that is what feels good for you the taboo of it I mean like yeah that's what turns me on about it interesting I mean, <laughs> not that that's weird at all, because okay. that I think is a major theme for it yeah. is that this is something that society mm-hmm. is ashamed of. Like, let's do it anyway. Right. Yeah. Wow. Thanks for sharing your story. <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> I have so many questions like, did you use a glove? Did the fingernails hurt? All the all these little details, right? Because right? No think- glove. Fingernails didn't hurt. But I remember, like, one time in class you being like, if they finger your ass, tell them, please wash your hands before you come into my vagina. And, like, I was always very adamant about that. I'm like, no, you have touched my ass. Like, you need, you cannot stick that finger back into my vagina. And just was, like, really big on that. So that stuck out to me. Um, but, no, there was never, like, any sort of dental dam or, you know, anything like that. I would say more just, like, hurt because it, he had a larger dick. A larger dick than the butt plug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the the butt plug was that movement or did you just leave it in place? Just left it in place. And I think that I like liked that. Like the penetration part always honestly made me feel like I was about to like go poop. Yeah. And then you're like, oh my God. You know, I grew up hearing horror stories about girls accidentally like shitting themselves after they have had anal. So that yeah. was always in my mind. <laughs> It's true. I Lots know. of things happen. It's the body. Right. Totally. And, you know, I felt very safe with this person where I knew, like, if he did that, he wasn't going to go. It wasn't, like, some high school bro who's going to go tell his friends or something like that, mm-hmm. you know. So, but it was still scary. Yeah. <laughs> so those were the two experiences mm-hmm. of trying any sort of penile penetration. Mm-hmm. And then there was – you said that there was some analingus, the oral. Mm-hmm. And so I am wondering, do you think that it is better for the person to just go and do it or Mm -hmm. to ask beforehand? I definitely would not want them to go and do that. For sure not. I mean, I think that a great, like, starting point is when you're, like, fooling around or, like, kind of fingering and, you know, maybe, like, brushing your hand along the ass because I will never be the first – I won't be – I'm not the type of person who will be, like – you should finger my ass. Mm-hmm. But if you're like, you know, moving around that area, I'd probably be like, do you want to finger my ass? I'd feel like a lot more comfortable like saying that, yeah. you know. So there absolutely needs to be permission because you need to like warm. I mean, even in the finger, <laughs> it's like I need to be prepared for it. So absolutely ask. So with the oral though, if there's the no oral, penetration, mm-hmm. do you think that the person should ask? I mean – Yes, because you don't know, like, when the last time that person showered, like, just out of the sake for your own mouth, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> you might be licking something gross. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, I was really turned on when my boyfriend did that and was just, like, 
Yeah. I was just like, damn, that's sexy. I just have some limits around it. Yeah. I'm just like, make sure I've like taken a shower or just like, you know, let's do that. I think that people don't ask because they are afraid of rejection and they're like, Mm. well, if I can just do it and show Mm -hmm. this person that it feels good, Mm -hmm. then it's on. But if I ask, then they'll Mm. give me a straight up no because they don't know what they're rejecting. Mm. I could see that. And like, I guess my boyfriend didn't like ask, like, can I lick your ass? He just kind of, he went down there and I was just like, oh my God, are you licking my ass? And then that, that conversation started. And then as I got more comfortable with him, then I was just like, okay, we can like keep trying things, you know? Mm -hmm. But I would say I'm a pretty like curious person and Mm -hmm. not like super closed down. So, but probably, I don't know. Ask. Definitely ask. Yeah. And just, like, have that – invite that conversation of, like, curiosity with sexuality, you know, which I feel like anyone who's listening to your podcast is obviously curious about it. Like, you were – you had started a revolution in my sex life when you were, like, go buy a vibrator and I'll give you extra extra credit. I was like, okay. That was the first time – I had never masturbated before your class. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love these stories so very, (laughs) very much because people will sit down and they'll tell me things. Like I've had other students on the podcast Mm -hmm. and they will tell me things that happened, things that I said or other panelists talked about. I'm like, what? I had no idea. Or I forgot, right? Right. I feel like that was a very different Lindsay in time. And um, Mm -hmm. so it's always so lovely to hear that that I actually did something with my Oh, yeah. I still have that vibrator. It's like the wee vibe salsa. Highly recommend. Mm-hmm. So you got a vibrator because of class and you masturbated for the first time? For the first time. I grew up in Southern California where it was like not a feminine thing to do. Like you just saw it. It was a masculine thing. Like I would have just – I would have never known how to like would have thought that it was like gross of me. So Wait, what's so, going on in Southern California? I don't know, but like it's all male centered kind of. And I don't know if it's still like that. Like I graduated, you know, in 09 and haven't lived there in a while. But yeah, I would say it was like, of course, we always knew that the boys watch porn and like, but the girls, no, none of us ever talked about it. Like, I don't think any of us knew how to come, anything like that. Oh my God. Yeah, it was really, it was life changing. (laughs) What? I know. And actually, my roommate, who is the same age as me, sorry, (laughs) she just got a vibrator too, had never masturbated before. It's a culture thing, like, yeah, for sure. And she's from Southern California too? Mm Mm-mm. Oh. She's from Midwest. Yeah. And now she's just like, yesterday we had to work, and she was like running home. She's like, I need to masturbate before we go. And I'm just like, so proud of her. (laughs) I wish there was video to this audio because I'm just, like, my cheeks are so warm and I'm smiling so hard. Yeah. Yeah, glad to share that. It was huge, seriously. I remember, like, going to Adam and Eve and I was like, cool, I'll just, like, buy a vibrator, get some extra credit, like, have no idea. And then, yeah, life got better. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, because another part of me is thinking about um, taking sex explanations on road trip, right? Mm-hmm. Doing a tour. Ooh. And I keep focusing on the Bible belt, like the middle part of the country and then like middle, middle. So mm-hmm. if you do a cross hatch, okay. Um, that line across the south. And I I want to go 
west from Montana down California to just do California because people are there. But I don't think of it at all as an area that has any sex negativity. Southern California. How? Wow. Maybe. I mean, it's probably everywhere all the time. Yeah. I mean, I would say there's a serious culture shift from like Northern California to Southern California you know, hit Santa Cruz or Santa Barbara area where some colleges are because we don't – and San Diego is probably different, but like Orange County where I'm from, there's no colleges. We're all living with our like super conservative parents and pretty religious down there. But yeah, I mean it's so different. Like the whole sex culture is so crazy. (laughs) So crazy. Wow. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. Yeah. I'm going to get a great geography lesson. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Well, good on you for doing your extra credit. Yeah. And also sharing that with your roommate. Yeah. Big deal. Big deal. Yeah, that's a way bigger deal than anal. (laughs) Yeah, knowing how to make yourself come, for sure. I wonder how many other people in your class or other semesters Mm -hmm. had similar experiences. Oh, my gosh. I guarantee. Yeah, so many. Like, that class was for sure one of the, like, most monumental and just was like yeah explore sexuality you know and I had a lot of fun after that still still do and that's like something I love learning now it's like what turns someone on and like the different things you know because when someone's just like so standard you're like you're I don't know for me I'm just like you're not you haven't felt comfortable to like let that guard down and I feel like the boyfriend who really helped me has then in turn made me somewhat of a like open help other people open up about it because I'm, like, very curious. And I'm like, yeah, I want to hear all the freaky things you want to do. Or, like, I just like hearing it, you know. Oh, Sam. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I w- I'm not saying I'm always down, but I'm like, I want to know for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. And it's so cool that you can separate those two things and say, yeah, we can talk about it. That doesn't mean that I consent to those or that totally. I reject you. It just means that I'm hearing them. Right. Intimacy, understand? Yeah. Oh gosh, so good. Do we want to talk about anal anymore? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do want to reiterate that from a clinical standpoint and an educator and as a human being, it is so important to ask to do mm-hmm. a new behavior to someone, and it is none of your business to control or manipulate the response that they give. Mm-hmm. So, I. I'm not trying to shame your ex, but I do think that for people listening, there is a better way to do that. Mm-hmm. And hopefully the listeners know that. They're like, yeah, Lindsay, we've got you. We know. Ask first. Right. And hear an enthusiastic yes or don't proceed. Totally. I think that's been like a big thing with my past relationships of like – Learning to just communicate and, like, ask and also be like, does this feel good? Yes or no? Because so often people feel rejected if you're like, hey, don't rub my clit like that. You know, like, I wish I could send, like, all of my boyfriends to your class where you give the whole, like, don't rub the clitoris, like, head on. Like, that does not feel good, you know? But then you tell someone and then they start to feel rejected and you're like, I'm just trying to, like, communicate with you, like, what feels good, you know? So that you can... So that you can know how to please me and, like, please do the same. So I think that that whole consent thing and just, like, learning to communicate and, like, hey, how does this feel? How does this feel? You know, like, how great does it feel to have space to be able to say that? 
Sam, you can give this to your boyfriends. It's on <laughs> Sexplanations. Okay, I'll just send it to all of them. All of them. Yes, I think there are 300 episodes now. Wow. And if they even watched four of them, you would be set. Okay. I'll before I um, commit to dating the next person, I'll make sure I send them the package of Lindsay, Lindsay's Sexplanations. <laughs> I really want it to become a Tinder thing, yeah. where in Tinder bios, people put. Like Sexplanation Certified or mm-hmm. um, Dr. Doe Approved or things like that. Yeah, so that, that you know you can yeah, totally. Yes. That's a really good – yeah, start that. Got to make that a thing. Yeah. I should create some sort of document, like a Google form that people can fill out with questions – Almost like an exam uh-huh. that somebody could answer based on watching Sexplanations. And then if they pass, then they're Dr. Joe approved. That is a really, yeah. Do you I mean, use you Tinder? I have, for sure. Do you like it? I mean, I'm just recently. Um, honestly, I've had really great success with it. Me too. Yeah. Like, I think it is what you make it. I think it's so fun. It is fun. But then there's also, like... The thing that I hate is, like, we live in a small town, you know, mm-hmm. and I've had people come over to me and be like, hey, I saw you were on Tinder. Like, what's up? You're like, you're breaking the Tinder ethic. Like, I don't <laughs> think that you should be able to, like, call anyone out for seeing them on there. And, like, if I didn't – if we didn't match, then we didn't, we didn't match. match. You don't Leave need to alone. Facebook mess- message me and tell me you saw me on Tinder. You know, it's just like – awkward like don't do that you know so that's my only beef and then I don't like when everybody around is like oh you're looking to hook up and you're like okay do you think that tinder is a hookup app I've never never like I've dated people like I've never just slept with someone on tinder but I'm sure people do use it that way you know (laughs) so I have um two adopted daughters they're teenagers okay and I realized the other day by putting tinder on a new phone um, that it's 17 plus. Okay. And they're both over 17. So I was telling them, and I was like, oh my gosh, May, you can do Tinder. And she's like, mom, you would let me do that? I was like, you're 17. Like, I, yeah, like, sure, <laughs> do Tinder. I mean, you know boundaries and right. limits for yourself. Right. And she said, but it's a hookup app for kids. Mm. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, I forget that different generations are using it in different totally. ways. Totally. Yeah. And I've have heard that, you know, and especially when like Maggot Fest comes through, it's like all of those guys are just like looking for that. But I mean, I feel like you can kind of tell gauge by conversation. Like I always I started dating someone the first time I like went out with them, so Yeah. Okay, so Maggot Fest by the way, for those of you listening, that <laughs> is a big rugby event oh, yeah. that happens in Missoula. Mhm. We, we love our rugby. Um, yeah. yeah, I have Tinder because I use it with clients or with friends to show them how it works. Okay. Kind of remove the fear of the unknown. Right. And then once I get them on it, then I'm like, yay, we can play Tinder. Right. Oh, yeah, it's fun. It's so fun. Yeah. Right. And then helping them set up gold profiles that are just perfect <laughs> and definitely Dr. Doe approved. Dr. Doe created. Oh, it's so fun. I love it so much. Okay. So that's Tinder. We've talked about masturbation and anal. Mm -hmm. What other things are going on in your sex education? Well, I recently got a erotic pussy massage by one of your, I think, 
someone who studies under you. But, yeah, she was, like, looking for hours. And so I did that. And that was, like, you know, I these days I'm just, like, yeah, why not? Like, people pay I to totally do this. I totally know what you're talking yeah. about. Did you see it from my Facebook post? Yeah. And I so I, like, responded to you. And then oh my she had actually taken one of my Ayurvedic classes. So I had, like, been her teacher. So it was kind of an interesting, like, swap of the roles where I'm like, yeah, let me get naked for you. But it was so fine. And, you know, she was such a great lady. Um, My life is so great, Sam. There's so many uh, neurons firing right now. (laughs) So to give everyone a backstory, when I was in graduate school, I think I was 22, 23 or whatever, my master's thesis was a phenomenology of first sexual intercourses among individuals of varied levels of sexual self-disclosure. It was supposed to be about what it was like to experience sex for the first time, what that's like structurally and texturally. And I wanted to talk to as many people as possible to do interviews with them about sex. And specifically, we're aiming for people with high sexual self-disclosure. So people who wouldn't sit down and be like, well, then the there were wet labia and that like I wanted people who would really go in deep and Mm -hmm. we could not get eight people of high levels of sexual self-disclosure to talk to me at that time wow this would would have been like 2002 and um so we had to change it to just accept all levels of sexual sexual self-disclosure and just hope that people would would answer yeah Um, and I was able to get I think the f- the full eight subjects from phenomenology, but even then, I was bummed. It was like eight people. Like yeah. I have to do phenomenology. I can't do surveys and interview or broader qualitative data collection because yeah. I can't get the numbers that people can for other types of sciences. Mm. So, flash forward now right. to this woman that we're talking about. Maybe she'll be on the podcast. Um, she messages me and says, hey, I'm getting certified in sexological body work and I need to connect with people who I can practice with. Mm -hmm. And I knew exactly what she wanted because I've worked with sexological body workers before and they were part of my doctoral education and, you know, they're part of the field. They're they're like a a physical therapist to a chiropractor, right? Okay. Or even a chiropractor, they're like a chiropractor where they can do the touch therapy that I can't do as a talk therapist. Right, right, right. And I was, I'm so excited about what she's doing and so wrapped in a sex positive community here because I have built it. Right. So I'm, I'm just like sending messages like mad that night on Facebook and I did this big post and then I was calling and texting people and I love that so many of you went to see her. And so she doesn't have to feel like, oh, my gosh, I only have eight people. I think there were 30 people who messaged her that night. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Makes me so happy. Oh, yeah. And it was was a really cool experience. So. And so she is connected to you as well. Yeah. Well, she had attended one of my classes for, like, Ayurveda 101. And then. What, What is this that you do? Um. I didn't know this, Sam. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I got certified as an Ayurvedic health counselor a couple years ago. Okay. And Ayurveda is kind of the sister science to yoga. So it's more about lifestyle and kind of diet stuff where yoga is the movement. And then Ayurveda and then Tantra, actually. (laughs) And um, so, yeah, I was teaching a class with the Lifelong Learning Center 
I can't remember if she came to one of the cooking or just like Ayurveda one on one oh one. But she came to that and then she messaged me and was like, Hey Sam, like Lindsay sent me your way. I think I took a class from you and I was just like, Oh, okay. Cool. Like, yeah. And so she came over and we did an like a uh, sexual erotic pussy massage. Nice. Yeah. And do Which you was, feel like you gained anything from the session? For sure. I mean, I've had this like consistent theme of body somatic kind of awareness come in mm-hmm. from that invitation to then just being invited on this like embodiment, um, living your body intelligence, I believe is what it was called. But it was, some, it was a somatic meditation body experience. And I got invited to go to this retreat for free if I like helped them cook. So it was like one after one, these invitations to like drop awareness into the body. And yeah, I would say I'm someone who's like pretty intellectual and like Mm -hmm. super comfortable going there. And I'm like pretty interested in like astrology and these like kind of etheric type of arts. Mm -hmm. And this invitation to like drop into the body has been really big. And, you know, I was in the um, car accident where I broke my neck. And so I've had this like body trauma. I forgot about that. Yeah. So I've had this body trauma that I totally have like not super aware of or I'd be I'm so learning from I should say um so it's been really amazing and like feeling her touch as you know I knew that we weren't going to like have sex so there was no like agenda per se except yeah. for that there was just this massage and I'm like here feeling this and you know there's certain parts of my thighs where I'd be like I'd feel anxious and I'm like what is going on there so it was really curious for me um and then afterwards, I just remember, like, my boyfriend knew I was doing this. And he was, of course, just, like, super curious about what the hell was going to go on in that session, mm-hmm. you know. And he came over afterwards, and we were, like, fooling around. Like, I was definitely turned on after she left. And so he came over. But then I just remember being, like, so turned off because he was so not reading my body and was just, like, going for the gold. And I'm, like, you – I just got touched by, like, an hour, like, intimately (laughs) by this lady. Like, you need to tune into my body and, like, respond to that. And it was, like, a really big thing where you can tell when someone is, like, in tune to you or, like, looking for cues of, like, oh, Sam likes this or, like, she's kind of pulling away. And so it kind of put me off that he was just – it was, like, a primate, just like, huh. Ah. Mm -hmm. So it was great. (laughs) <laughs> it was great because you could tell the difference between yeah. somebody who's in tune and someone who's not. Or more just like learning to communicate with my – or like learning how my body communicates with me and like so often when I've just not listened to it, you know, like stress and tension in your body. It's like one thing, but like what is it saying to you, you know? And I think that a lot of us have like a disconnect from that. Mm. <laughs> That's beautiful. I hope that you and – the woman whose name we're not saying yet because I don't have her permission to um, connect mm-hmm. and maybe even teach classes together. That would mm. be really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Or if, if she could do trainings for all of our partners. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, it was so, like, and then she was explaining to me how the vagina is, like, actually anatomically, like, has the same parts as the penis. It's just, like, arranged a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. She was, like, rubbing between the labia, you know, and, like, mm-hmm. the the labia. Yeah. And I was just, like, that was so interesting. Like, I've never had anyone do that before, but it felt really good. And so <laughs> it was, like, yeah, it was, it was crazy. 
new experience under my belt. That's so wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, she's been doing a, a ton of work with people and I forget who all I told about it. Mm-hmm. And then the like you did, they'll say, "So, I went and saw her and it was amazing." Yeah. Like, "Oh, my community is so great now." So great. Yeah. Yeah. But but yeah, those what a Almost 20 years ago, it was hard to to find people oh, who were sex positive and willing right. to engage like that. And now to even take it a whole new level, like you're not just telling her about your sex life, but you're inviting her into your body. That's a really mm-hmm. intimate thing. Totally. And you did it. I did it. Great. <laughs> Has it improved masturbation for you? Yeah, it's definitely, I'd say, yeah. And it's hard to like distinguish where, like, I wouldn't say right after that session, like, masturbation got so good, but more so just this, like, intention to learn more about my body and, like, communicate, read the signals from it have improved my sex life, like, of course. But I'm not sure I could tell, like, one distinguishing factor because I feel like it's, like, a accumulation of, like, decisions I'm making, exposure to things, et cetera. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that because I'm thinking about my own masturbation experiences and it does feel like I am dominant and my vulva is passive and I just like tell it what to feel Mm -hmm. and tell it when to come and Mm -hmm. all of this. Mm -hmm. And there's definitely listening of like, okay, not time yet. I still have to build or need more of this or change this position, Mm -hmm. but I still feel like I'm the boss and I, I love the idea of being dominated by my vulva, mm-hmm. or at least in an equal <laughs> relationship. Uh huh. Yeah, and like just like anything, right? You can choose to go passive and like allow someone else to like step in the role, and then like switching that. So yeah, yeah, I'm gonna do that. <laughs> we we get to assign homework by okay. the way, or an extra credit assignment okay. called extra credit. Assignments are not always bad, so here's some extra credit. So we'll do things a little out of order today. Okay. Normally we do it at the end, but is there an assignment in addition to maybe letting your genitals be dominant that you want to give our audience? I would say I guess what's relevant for me right now and that I'd be like, yeah, this is a really cool thing to to explore is looking into like a somatic type of like body meditation um, because what I found with those type of practitioners is a more authentic message that resonates with me. Of course, my personal opinion on all of this, but um, there's so often where it's like, find that positive attitude and like find this. And like a lot of us are living with like trauma or like things that have happened and you can't just erase that or like try and focus on the positives. And I feel like with the somatic meditation, one thing that really stuck out to me was you can't do healing work or you can't like go deeper into things if you don't feel safe. So yeah, like make yourself feel safe. And if you start getting into that fight or flight response, like do something to make yourself feel more safe. But understanding that like anxiety or like these emotions that sometimes we don't want to feel are like so informative for you. So informative. Yeah. And like learning to identify like where in your body you're feeling that and 
um, you know, I'm a yoga teacher and so I'm like constantly like, oh, okay, like all at the time in class, like I'll put them in a hard position and I'm like, where are you feeling your frustration? And like really like feel it in your body. Like do you feel it in your chest? For me, like my anger always goes like right to my back. But, you know, just your body's so intelligent and in communicating with you. So I would say like do a somatic, like look into that, like learn, practice that kind of communication with your body. So have the conversation with your body and maybe even seek training to learn how to listen better. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be meditation per se. It could be something else. But yeah, taking that like curiosity of like, how is your body communicating with you? You know, when you get indigestion or you get diarrhea, like what is your body saying to you? <laughs> like it's communicating something to you. We so often just like brush it off, brush it off, brush it off. But I love it. Yeah. That's such a great question. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to ask myself that more. I hope other people do as well. Um, anything else you want to add about anal? Um, yeah. I mean, I would say, like, I don't know. I'm thinking about my friends because we have we just did a road trip and we were all talking about it. And they're all – none of them had, like, tried it at all. And they were all kind of like, oh, my God, Sam, you're such a, like – you're such a freak because I'm like, oh, yeah, anal porn is, like, my favorite thing to watch. <laughs> I don't always, like, want to do it. Like I said, I'm always like, ow. But if I'm going to watch porn, I, like, want to watch anal porn. Interesting. Yeah, super interesting. And, and so I think there's just, like, so much, like, stereotypes and it's like, why don't you try it and feel if – you, if you're compelled to. But, like, yeah, I'd say just, like, try a finger. <laughs> Try a finger. See what you think. Yeah. And it can be fun to finger your boyfriend's ass too. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Just have fun. Play. I like it. Okay. We'll add that to this extra credit. <laughs> Just a finger. Just a finger. I think it's good in terms of the sexological body work too, right? To understand what is going on with your anus and the nerve endings there and, mm. and giving that part of your body a massage just like you might your hand or your neck mm -hmm. or your shoulders. Yeah. Um, people, they do seek that kind of care, but you can also do it for yourself. Wow. Good anal massage. Cool. I'll have to maybe look that up. Yeah. Try it out. Just a finger. <laughs> okay. And this is my question for you. So I've heard that boys have a G spot in their ass. Do girls also? So... Here, here's how this works in the okay. simplest form I can think of. Up until like week six, we are all biologically female. Okay. And then our anatomy becomes more polarized, I okay. guess I should say, or mm -hmm. for most people it does. And then okay. they're obviously intersex individuals. And so there is tissue that becomes a prostate and we call it a prostate and that's happening in people usually assigned male at birth. Okay. And it's shaped like a tiny heart and it's in wow. up in the rectum. Okay. And so if you put fingers in and then you bring the fingers in a come hither motion toward the person's belly button, mm -hmm. you can feel that tissue. Okay. The prostate. Okay. People assigned female at birth also have a prostate, but we as a culture and even um, the medical field haven't really switched over to calling it a prostate. And so other names that it's had are like Skeen's gland, periurethral tissue. We'll say that the G-spot, which is the surface of it that you can feel through the vagina but okay. is not the prostate itself, right. is in that area. Okay. Um, but it's all the same tissue. Got it. Embryonic tissue, if that okay. makes sense. Yeah. So you can stimulate that through the vagina 
um, you can feel the G-spot named after Grafenberg, and um, then you're feeling the periurethral tissue Mm -hmm. in there that developed into a prostate in other bodies. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes, but I'm not sure. So I'm hearing that like not really in the anus, but more in the vagina. In someone with a vagina, Mm -hmm. you feel it by going into the vagina. Okay. And it's on the anterior wall, so the side of your body with the belly button. Okay. And in somebody who doesn't have a vagina, um, you could go through the anus where there might be a prostate. Got it. And then that's where you're massaging through the anus. Okay. And you can see it. If you look at internal reproductive anatomy Mm -hmm. drawings, you can see where the prostate is. It's around the tubing that goes up from the scrotum to the penis. Okay. And you can see exactly where it is and target that from the anus. Okay. It's just that the anus is the closest orifice Got it. to it and somebody assigned male at birth. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> and you can you can stimulate it. Like I I have done tests where I, I I'm on the outside of the butt even at the top of the buttocks where okay. the cracks starts. Mm-hmm. You can stimulate it a little there. And so I'll try that and I'll get a read on somebody to see how into it they are. And then I'll go closer and then just pressure on the anus without any penetration. Mm-hmm. And there's a certain read there of pleasure. And then going in and there's a certain read. And then hitting the prostate, it it's like a thousand percent gain mm-hmm. of pleasure. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so it's great. Anal, I think, is if it's designed for anyone, it's mm-hmm. actually people who are assigned male at birth. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> That's great. They great really want to fuck us in the ass. <laughs> it's like, okay, uh, I'm, I'm game, and I also like to reciprocate. Let's do you first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But uh, it's gaining popularity for sure, and I think that it's – um, also a really high risk area because the membrane is so likely to tear. So, mm-hmm. um, as it gains popularity, it's really important for sex education to be right there with it mm-hmm. and teaching things like using lube and condoms mm-hmm. and gloves and making sure that people get tested and they're, they aren't HIV positive or they're taking PrEP or whatever they need to, to reduce the risk of transmitting viruses and bacteria. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my my big concern around it is that, totally. yeah, we're like, yeah, anal, right? You and your girlfriends in the, on the road trip right. talking about it and right. seeing it in porn, but not having sex education opening the conversation right. to, to discuss safer sex and protection. Totally. Well, glad to be part of this conversation. Yeah. So yeah. we're doing it <laughs> on, a, on a podcast. Yes. <laughs> Oh, so fun. Okay, so the last thing that we have to do is okay. get to do our kegels. Feel your kegels if you're able. Main squeeze. Oh, kegels. Oh, great. <laughs> some people know what they are. Some people don't. Um, I was thinking we could actually do anal kegels. Ooh, okay. You know, do you know in yoga that like it's a like uh, constant thing? You squeeze the anal. No, tell me. Tell us. Yeah, so there's like a lot. And you'll hear it more so with like kundalini type of yoga. But in yoga practice, they'll be like squeeze the pelvic floor and like the anus. Mm -hmm. And you're essentially like 
holding the energy. And so you'll do it a lot with like pranayama, which is breath practice, and you'll hold the breath and the anal gland and it's like circulates the energy and then you release the anal gland and then you, or like not gland, sorry, the anal muscle. And then you like allow the energy to flow through. But, oh yeah, you, we do like anal kegels all the time, I guess, in yoga. Cool. Yeah. Will you guide us then? What? No. <laughs> Wait, no. What? what? You know, know what you're doing. Do. No, I don't know how to do that. You don't? No. <laughs> <laughs> you look so informed. I mean, I I would just if if I was saying in like yoga, I'd be like sit cross-legged, extend your arms. Wait, um, where am I? I'm going to do this. Okay, here. Okay. You I'll be your subject and Okay. If this is not accurate and some of you are more trained than Sam, um, please don't shame her. (laughs) She's doing this on the spot and we're sitting on couches. Okay, so I'm going to cross my legs. Okay. And this is just getting you ready for like pranayama. Okay. So extend your right arm out. Like in front of me? No, just rest it on your your hand. You can bring your thumb and your pointer finger to touch. Okay. Um, And then... You will take your left hand, bend your pointer finger and middle finger. And so we're going to alternate nostrils from the thumb to the ring finger. Okay. So we'll start. We'll plug the right side of the nostril. We'll inhale through the left. And we're going to hold the breath. So I'm plugging my right nostril Nostril with my ring finger. Yep. And inhaling through the left nostril. So before you begin, I'm just getting you ready. Um, and then you'll pause and you'll put both of your fingers over the nostril. And then you're going to switch nostrils and exhale through the right. And the whole time that you're doing this, <laughs> squeeze the vaginal floor and then squeeze the anal like you're clenching. This is what you do in yoga? I mean, I would never like extensively tell you this, but yes. Um, and there's a word for it and I'm totally like spacing it, no, but I want to okay. say it's like the muladhara like bind because the muladhara is like the base chakra and you so it's like the anal, like the anal floor. And so you hold it and you okay. do this to like circulate the energy. I'm so holding it. Hold. Okay. So begin. We'll just take an inhale to begin. So inhale and let out a sigh. Exhale. Bring your ring finger up to the right nostril and inhale for one, two, three, four. Pause. Plug. Exhale through the right. Five, four, three, two, one. Inhale. One. Same nostril. Sorry. One, two, three, four. Pause. Exhale, switch. Five, four, three, two, one. Inhale, one, two, three, four. Pause. Exhale, five, four, three, two, one. Yeah. So that's kind of what you and do. And I'm holding that whole time. You can hold the whole time or like I like to as I inhale, I clench and then as I exhale, I release. But I and none of my classes do I ever instruct that. There's like because I teach at the peak, so it's not like um, you never know the varying levels of yogis. But you go to like hot house or somewhere like that, I guarantee you'll hear the cue to like clench. You teach yoga, uh-huh. and you don't instruct them to tighten their pelvic floor. Not at not at the peak. No, not at the peak. No, because of the sex taboo. 
because of the clientele, because of mm-hmm. the, you know, like I, I restrict a lot of what I say for that clientele. When I do events and things at my house, it's I'll say whatever I want, you know, or not whatever I want, but like <laughs> very much so less restriction of like, okay, I might get in trouble for saying this or I might, yeah. I know the type of people who I'm working with at my house. So, Oh, you're so smart. <laughs> I don't know. About that. And also, I hope that we all get to a place where we can talk more about clenching our vaginas and anuses. Mm-hmm. Thanks for being on the podcast, Sam. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for teaching me stuff. This was so cool. <laughs> Now you know how to do pranayama. Yeah, well, a thing. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. I'm, I'm very, very grateful. I appreciate you reminding me about where we've been and mm. being open with your stories to talk about, you know. Yeah, definitely. This sexual humility is really beautiful to me. Yeah, and uh, I hope that people listening go back, play again the kegel exercises (laughs) do them with some inhales and exhales and all of your extra credit um yes so thank you again for being on the podcast yeah thank you and thank you to callie from cinema studios complexity for production and count boogie for the jingles and cora and parl i'm still learning (laughs) 